This podcast was made possible by a sponsorship from Avexis, a clinical stage gene therapy company. The following content was not developed by Avexis. Welcome to the SMA News Today podcast, episode 37. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. Joining us today are Courtney Smith and Trevor Rogerson, both from Seattle, Washington. And we are here live, actually, at the 2019 Cure SMA conference. So we are live at Disneyland Hotel. So, Courtney, Trevor, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So, uh, before we get started, if you could please listen to a brief word from our sponsor. Are you interested in understanding gene therapy? ExploreGeneTherapy.com has helpful information about gene therapy, including its history and how it is being investigated for the treatment of genetic diseases. Visit www.ExploreGeneTherapy.com. All right. Well, um, to get started, so yes, we have a couple here today, which is always fun to have. Um, so, Courtney, I'll get started with you first. If um, so, you are an adult with type two. Can you just tell us a little bit about um, you know, your diagnosis story and then what it was like for you growing up with SMA? Yeah. So when I was a little kid, it was all the typical SMA milestones of oh, they're crawling but not walking, can't support themselves, something like that. So then it was about, I was about two, and my parents took me in for genetic testing. And they're like, oh, she has SMA type 2. She's not going to live past four, is what they told my parents then. I'm now 22 and thriving. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the whole, like, we just did the genetic testing, and then we started just proving the doctors wrong for the rest of my life. Yep, that sounds like a lot of our stories, absolutely. <laughs> but um, and do you have any siblings? Okay, I have two siblings. Neither are affected or carriers. Okay. okay, and are they older or younger? Yeah, significantly. Okay, yeah, that's what, that's what my aunt are too. So yeah, very cool. And um, just before we get to kind of like you and Trevor's story and college and all of that, like um, growing up in school for you, what was kind of accommodations like for you? Because have you always lived in Seattle? No, I was born and raised down in Southern California, okay. Orange County. Okay. So I was raised in the Capo School District down in Orange County. And most of the time, I had an aide that they had with me mm-hmm. like 24-7 until about middle school. Then they had her on campus, but not with me. Okay. And then I did not have an aide in high school. Gotcha. And that was kind of like my only accommodation other than like extra time on tests. Okay. Gotcha. Other than that. I was good. Just use friends and all yeah. that for, I uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. to get books out of my backpack and things like that. And okay. I had friends in most of my classes that knew how to help me do things. So sure. I kind of relied on my peers. Sure. Very cool. Well, and Trevor, if you want to introduce yourself too, just, um, uh, you're a student at the University of Washington. Yeah. So, uh, I'm a student at University of Washington. I have one more year because I'm studying biology and I'm a year younger than Courtney. Very yeah. cool. And uh, we'll go and get it. How did you guys meet? You can tell the story. Okay. Well, shamelessly, we met on Tinder. We met on online dating. And we went on a date. And he didn't say a single thing about the chair. Didn't eat. I felt like he didn't even notice it. Like, all was good. And then he walked me into a building and he gave me a kiss on our first date. And I knew that he was perfect. And we've been together for a year and four months now. Very cool. And um, Trevor, I know. So since we're here at the conference, yeah. you, uh, we were talking a little bit about before we started the interview. You've been kind of Courtney's caregiver for the past few weeks, and even before that, you uh, you have a little story here. So let's yeah. Yeah. So I've had a lot of caregiver issues recently. You know, 
like everyone always mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. And I had one caregiver go on a month-long vacation on the same day that another caregiver got surgery and then proceeded to quit. So of my three caregivers, I lost two on the same day. And I need um, 12-hour care overnight, so I have care from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. Right. All of a sudden, Trevor was my primary care because they both quit on me. And then um, that was about two months ago. Okay. And I didn't bother looking for more people because he and I were leaving for a trip a month after. Right, right. So then I basically, that was um, right before I graduated and then. I graduated from UW, and then we got in my car, and we drove down, and he's been my caregiver for, like, two months now. Very cool. And, Trevor, I'm just getting so, um, since you and Courtney have been together a year and a half, like, all right, what kind of things have you learned just about SMA, about disabilities in general, since, kind of like, um, do you, because it doesn't have to be anything specific. It can be, like, anything. I'm just curious. Well, it's, it's just, like, it's kind of noticing the little things. Like, mm-hmm. I was talking to Courtney the other day. While we're walking around Seattle, all I can notice is, like, if there's not a curb cut for her. Right. Or if there's, like, it's the little accessibility things that I just didn't pay attention to before. It's mm-hmm. probably the biggest difference. Just kind of, like, being more aware of my surroundings is kind of, that's what I think I've learned the most about. Just kind of, just being more aware of things. Right, right. Yeah. And um, you even commented on how, like, you're almost more aware of, like, more people in wheelchairs just around in your life now yeah. because yeah. it's something that you're used to interacting with, so now it's something that you kind of notice more, huh? Yeah, it's just, I I wasn't really, it's not, I, I was in my own world, but, like, I didn't notice a lot of these things beforehand, and, like, finding someone who doesn't have anything, like, as much stuff as, as accessible to them, I think that kind of made me open my eyes more and kind of look at the world around me differently, which was really cool in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, and Courtney, um, going back to the whole uh, struggle to find caregivers and all that. Yeah. Oh, I, I know all too well. <laughs> so I want to talk about your transition to college because, okay. um, so, you know, in high school, you said you didn't really have, um, an aid then. And so what, um, going back to thinking back to when you were applying for colleges, what kind of things were you looking for? And were you thinking about things like, um, trying to hire caregivers or what was kind of the plan back then? I could care less that I had a disability. I was getting out of California uh-huh. no matter what I did. Uh-huh. So I applied to schools that were at least a plane right away. Okay. I wanted out. Okay. So I was kind of like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be just like all my peers and I will figure out the disability stuff when I get there. Gotcha. So I did that. I moved up to Seattle a month before school started. They let me move into my dorm a month early. And I just posted on care.com and interviewed people and hired them right there on the spot. And that was the first time I had ever hired a caregiver, interviewed a caregiver, Uh used a caregiver, any of it. Until then, my parents had been my only care. Right. Yeah. And pretty much just go and figure it out. Yeah. And it was it was similar for me, too. I I mean, I did commute from home Mm -hmm. um, for college, but I also it was about five years ago when I started um, the interview process. What was that like for you? Kind of. And what were some of the biggest challenges in terms of um, what questions to ask and finding the right person for you? Um, mine was kind of like, are your, is your schedule flexible? Because mm-hmm. like, I'm a freshman in college. I'm going to want to go out at night sure. and spend time with friends. And like, so it would be more like people who I think could be more self-sufficient is kind of what I was really looking for mm-hmm. in my interviews. 
because I wanted to be able to say, like, okay, I'm going to be gone during this time. Can you do my laundry? Mm-hmm. And when I get back, we'll get ready for bed. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, kind of something I wanted to make sure people were, like, really okay with. And that was something I kind of looked for in, like, their personality. And I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but I, it was their vibe. It was, like, do we connect? Do sure. Like, are we having a flowing conversation or are you making me uncomfortable? So I really based it off of, like, just a physical, like, how are you presenting yourself right now? Right. And were you able to have anyone that stayed fairly long-term, or was it pretty much a constant flow? Yeah, I actually had a girl who I hired on that first day when I moved up who was with me through the beginning of this past year. So she was with me for three years. And she only quit because she got pregnant. Oh, wow. So I would have probably still even had her if she had not had a baby. Yeah. And then I I have another girl who's still working for me who I hired a couple months after starting college. So she's almost going on four years now. Yeah. But she's my only one right now. Right, right. Because I don't, I can't, I don't have any others. I just have Trevor and her right now. Okay, yeah. Oh, I know the struggle. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very fortunate. We actually have in the room with us right now my caregiver, Randy, who you can, listeners out there can listen to a previous episode where he was on there. But, yeah, no, it's very rare to find someone who will stay with you that long, but it's good when it does happen. Yeah, it really is amazing. And then besides just the caregiving process and hiring and everything, what was the transition to college like for you in general, like um, getting around to classes versus, you know, being in high school where everyone's in the same building? Yeah, so I actually went to high school. So because I went to high school in Southern California, it was an open-air high school. Okay. Everything was ridiculously spread out. Okay, gotcha. Um, I think at one point someone said, like, the entire campus is the size of Disneyland. Like, it was a really big high school. So I was, like, kind of used to, like, having to go across campuses to go to classes. And then when I was looking at colleges, I made sure to tour the ones that I was seriously considering Mm -hmm. to make sure I could do the accessibility. And I met with the disability office at every single college I was applying to saw what their everything was available, saw if, like, the campus physically felt accessible to me, things like that. And I kind of fell in love with UW, University of Washington, because of it. Because the campus is really, really beautiful, and it's very accessible. There's ramps pretty much next to every stair. It's a little big, but I was personally used to that. Mm -hmm. And the disability office was so welcoming and so accommodating and they even had someone who was in a wheelchair a student who was in a wheelchair show me around the campus who gave me Mm -hmm. a tour to like show me all the secret ramps and like the best way to do the elevators and like that really really impacted my transition because like I had that given to me so I focused on just like making friends right and doing normal college stuff right right well and that's like well and yeah no I and I've talked about it before too is like Finding the right disability services office is a huge part of the college experience. Yeah, big time. I ended up working as a receptionist at the disability office. Oh, very cool. During my sophomore year through my senior year because it was just, I was always there. Right there, yeah. yeah. It was a perfect job for me and they knew how to accommodate me. That's really cool. Pretty amazing. That's cool. And um, Trevor, I was good because so your biology major, we talked about a little before we started recording. You actually knew some about. I think it was Zolgensma before. Yeah. So yeah, I don't care. Yeah. So um, one day I just came into my class, and then on the screen they had the article that of like when they were just announced when it got approved. Yeah. Yeah. When it got approved, and we just spent it wasn't a long time, but we spent uh-huh. like the first five minutes just talking about it, and it was interesting because like to kind of preface it, my 
professor had to talk about what SMA was. Right. And what the drug was doing. And it was a long time ago, so I couldn't give, like, the exact details. But sure. it was a really cool experience because I had a friend in that class. And I'm like, hey, that that's what my girlfriend has. Like, we're yeah. talking about that. And it was one of the coolest experiences because I knew something. I had a real-life connection to something I was learning, which some a lot of times in biology you don't get so... That was a really cool experience for me. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah the overlap and everything. And and I imagine, too, this is your first conference, right? Yes, or, this yeah. is my first conference. Yeah. Well, what's it like? So, I mean, I know it hasn't started yet. We're recording right before yeah. the meeting grade, but um, it's like, um, what's it kind of like, too, just being fully immersed in the SMA community here now? Yeah, it's really cool. The part that trips me out is seeing the kids in the wheelchair mm-hmm. because they just are, they're so tiny and, like, I live with my, like, I see my girlfriend all the time. I'm kind of used to, like, adults in wheelchairs sure. more. But the kids is what are kind of, like, making me fully feel immersed. Because, like, I I felt great about it coming in. I wasn't, I didn't have any trepidations, but I kind of feel more great about it. Like, I was downstairs with Cajun earlier. Uh, my service dog. Her yes. service dog. And we were talking with some kids who were here for the conference, and they were wanting to pet Cajun. And I just kind of felt... I felt a part of the community, which felt great for me. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, and since you brought up Cajun, too, I wanted to talk about how long have you had Cajun, your service dog? Cajun yeah. is my second service dog. Okay. And I have had him for three years now. Okay. So he's turning five next month. And then when I was in middle and high school, I had a first service dog. Gotcha. Her name was Michaela. She's retired now. And yeah. Cajun. What kind of things is he? I know you just graduated, but like, Throughout college, what kind of things did he do for you mainly? Yeah, so the main things that I have him for were the um, push buttons to, like, open automatic Mm -hmm. doors. He goes up and pushes those for Mm -hmm. me. If I were to drop my keys, my wallet, my phone, whatever it may be, he knows how to pick it up, sit down, give it back to me, and then continue on with our day. But also, honestly, the emotional support from him was also really amazing. Sure. I have him for the physical aspects, but... He's my little boy. I would not oh, yeah. have been able to do college without him. And he even, when I graduated, he was in his own cap and gown with his own diploma <laughs> and everything. And it's a really cool bond to see that happen. Yeah. I have one as well. He's more retired at this point. I mean, she, yeah. sorry, he's more retired. But um, I caught myself there. But, like, um, but yeah, it, and it's that kind of connection you have is really cool to it's see. It's really amazing. But very cool. Well, um, before, I did want to ask you about Spinraza. Yeah. Um, so... Um, how, first off, how long have you been on the drug and just kind of what has the overall experience been like for you? Um, I think I finished, was it my sixth dose last? Yeah. You it did, was my second maintenance, right? Yeah, now. that would You did sense. all four yeah. loading and then second I've done two maintenances. Yeah. So I've gotcha. done six doses in total. Um, it's been a pretty good experience mm-hmm. for me because I'm at, I'm doing it at the University of Washington Medical okay. Center. Okay, yeah. And we're doing it in the interventional radiology because I have a double spinal fusion all right. the way down my back. Same, yep. Yeah, so we have to do it in the interventional radiology. And admittedly, I'm on quite a bit of Xanax when mm-hmm. we're doing it, but it's actually not that bad. And um, they actually let Trevor be in there for my first one. Okay, that's cool. my yeah. hand and sure. help me walk through it and everything and Honestly, the things that get me through it are is that I get a Coke and a peanut butter cookie right after. And then life is good. I get lunch on the way home, too, for mine, so it, it makes it worth it. But, yeah. yeah. But 
I haven't honestly seen any difference in okay. myself okay. from them. I haven't seen an improvement, but I haven't gotten worse. So right, right. Life is good. We're not getting worse. We're going with that. That yeah, absolutely. Well, Trevor, I'm curious to see if you've noticed anything because I've there are things where like I have like my friends and family have commented on things like my energy levels and that kind of thing that I wouldn't take notice of myself. But I'm curious if you or anyone else has just noticed any slight differences. I mean, I think I've in my opinion I've seen a little strength get back, but mm-hmm. that's about it. I mean, her doesn't seem like more energy, but there's sure. definitely not any less energy there. Sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, I think I see like a little bit stronger appearance from her, but that's that's about it. She definitely is not getting worse though in anything. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's pretty good and maybe a little increase, which I'm happy to see that she's getting at least something from it. Definitely, that's really cool. Yeah, because I remember last year at the conference you were you hadn't started it yet. I had and you not. were you guys were all talking about uh-huh. it, and I went home after the conference and I made an appointment with the doctor yeah. and started it. That's really cool. Um. And well, and just on that note too, and both of you are free to speak about this, but like, you know, with, like we talked about with the approval of Zolgensma and more treatments on the way, what does it mean for you to not only to be on a treatment, but just to see the other ones coming out right now and all the advancements? What is really striking home with me, and I've said this a couple times to him, is that I we're the last generation that's going to have to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. We're the last generation that has to fight for a cure that has to deal with this into our adulthood and mm-hmm. all, that. all the future generations don't have to deal with what we had to deal with and that's really amazing yeah absolutely. i would never in a million years change a day of my life i love having a disability i've gotten so many amazing opportunities because of it and met so many amazing people because of it but i'm really happy that little kids never have to go through the pain that i went through mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, I mean, it's just a much brighter future, and I think both of us are just kind of excited to see how life is changing very quickly around us, and I think we're just very excited that this is this is going to be it, that there's just a lot brighter future for those people who would have been, like, are diagnosed with SMA. Absolutely. Well, and, um, well, Courtney, Trevor, thanks for being on today. Um, before we close out, I just, is there anything either you want to say to families out there or just um if you want to comment on any like plans for the future i know you just graduated but um i just graduated right <laughs> now i'm just kind of looking for a job the fun job hunt begins yeah, yes job hunt begins when i get back to seattle sure sure um but no the only thing that i would really say to people is what i had just said is that i wouldn't change a day in my life mm-hmm. this disability is not a hindrance or anything it's given me a lot of amazing opportunities and use the opportunities given to you based off of what you have. And I guess what I would have to say is to not necessarily people with SMA, but like just those around like these, it's just, there's no difference in meeting me, me and Courtney. And there's just, you got to show love for everyone. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's, That's great. Oh, I love it. That's great. That's great. I was going to make a Dr. Phil joke at some point in this uh, episode, yeah. but yeah, but no, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> But, well, Courtney, Trevor, thanks again for being on today. This was great. And um, anywhere listeners can find you on social media or anything if you want or even more private. Ragin Cajun the service dog is on Instagram. Okay, that's follow Cajun. Yeah. <laughs> he's lying on the bed right here in the hotel room. And he's, I'm sure he's an Instagram he's celebrity. He's in his own queen-sized bed. Of course, of course, <laughs> as it should be. Awesome.
Well, again, thank you for joining us today. And for our listeners out there, you can find more stories like Courtney and Trevor's by subscribing to this podcast. We have all of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and on our main website at www.smanewstoday.com. You can also connect with me and others directly on the SMA News Today forums. We would love to hear from you. And until then, we will see you next time. Take care. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. All of our podcasts and flash briefings can be found on our website at www.smanewstoday.com. You can also find our podcast and flash briefings on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And be sure to follow us on our Instagram and Facebook page as well. For SMA News Today, I'm Michael Morale, Multi-Channel Content Director.